0: Well, welcome back to Soul Practice, Raw Conversations, Real Practices. I'm Phyllis Mathis. And I'm Kathy
1: Escobar. And so last time we talked about long COVID. And then actually, Phyllis and I recorded another conversation that we're excited to share with you all next time. But we reordered what we wanted to share because of events that keep happening in the world that bring so much pain and trauma and this collective, Oh my gosh, what is this world that we live in? And I'm talking about the shooting at club Q in Colorado Springs, exactly a week from today, the day that Phyllis and I are gathering to record this. It's just been a week. Yeah. And the truth is since that week, There's been another shooting Mm -hmm. at a Walmart in a staff room Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, I think. And so it just feels so much. And we just wanted to process it a little bit because it feels like everyone is kind of uh, stuck in this thing where it's so much pain. Obviously, Club Q hits really, really close to home to so many people near and dear to us and um, the the place that it touches. And then also, how do we even live in a world that's like this? So we're just kind of a big, hot mess.
0: The truth yeah, is, we don't sure. have a lot
1: of super formed thoughts, <laughs> <hots.
0: laughs> yeah.
1: but we wanted to talk about it today.
0: Here comes some raw. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even know how to talk about it, honestly. And I I don't know how to do anything coherent. I mean, I, I think the the temptation in these times is just to go on a big fat rant about all of the things, but there's plenty of that going around. And um, it might make some of us feel better at, at this point, but I'm kind of so exhausted by this unspeakable, Volume of deaths. Um, and the tolerance that we have for it, that I just am kind of beyond uh outrage. And so I don't know. I don't know what to say. Honestly, I just don't know what to say.
1: I feel like the first thing to just acknowledge, I mean, I want to I want to start with Club Q.
0: Okay.
1: And just say that. The pain of another safe space like Orlando Pulse where people can gather and be fully themselves, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: fully themselves violated is really similar to when there is something in um, holy places like Synagogues and churches and mosques and sick, sick um, communal gatherings and you know places that um, are sacred to people. Yeah, and so there's something about that that I think is really important to acknowledge. Um that it's different. I'm not trying to say it's the same because I'm sure a lot of people there don't want to be associated with anything related to um, religious systems that oppress them. So that's, all I'm saying is the holiness and safety that you're supposed to feel in those places um, is violated and has been violated now in two huge ways. I mean, they're not little. they're huge. And I think that the part as, um, as humans living in this wild world is exactly what we kind of started with is then this thing happens and it, it taps into the deepest pain of just hate and violation and um, trauma and violence. And then everyone's trying to kind of barely breathe barely breathe. And then a new thing happens. Then Thanksgiving happens that has its own set of like trauma, weird, like no one knows how to be. And Mm -hmm. so this is like really hard on the soul Phyllis. I mean, it's like exhausting and we want to be present for it all and do what we can, but it's just a lot to
0: hold. Yeah, and everybody has a kind of circuit breaker system internally in Mm -hmm. terms of how do do we hold that amount of sorrow and fear and, um, and just unbelievable violence and safety and vulnerability and beauty and heroism and all of that all at once. I just don't know how much the human system can handle. Um, and so we, I, I know that I experience myself with this circuit breaker kind of internal, um, ness and whether I get checked out or just get overwhelmed or just have to set things aside or compartmentalize, I don't really know for sure, but it, it really is important to in some way stop and just breathe and just honor the people who for no other reason than they went to a place to blow off some steam to enjoy a show to be present with their community and they died mm-hmm. because somebody came in with a gun and god knows what motive uh, exactly so that that kind of just ruins our sense of safety um, for everybody but, also, but particularly for people who don't have very many safe spaces and who, who don't have the joy of just meeting their people, you know, for fun and for celebration or for, you know, lots of different reasons. So it just really strikes at the heart of that very basic human thing of being vulnerable and being safe and letting go and celebrating and enjoying um, to have that violated with murder and violence is just kind of unthinkable. So pausing to just honor that and honor the people who died and honor the people who were there, I think is really important to do as the very least we can do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I think with it, you know, and we're, we're both straight white married women um, who, you know, we have a lot of friends and family who are really traumatized and scared and sad and feel it in the deepest place and um, and in a way that is different than when you're straight. Mm -hmm. And so to just really honor that and to hold that and to respect that that's not going to go sweep through the news cycle. So that's you know, this is a privilege thing that happens, like the mm-hmm. ability to kind of disconnect or just have an ambivalence because we get bombarded. But when it's you, it's different. And mm-hmm. I think that that part, um, I want to hold on to and remember like to keep all the people
0: that I love right in front of me. Yeah. I think it's, that, that privilege of not being targeted mm-hmm. just because of a core piece of who you are. Um, yeah. I think we we carry that. I mean, it's a violent world and Colorado is a violent place. And certainly we've experienced um, mass shooting in random ways and movie theaters and grocery stores and Walmart and, and those places. But, but to be targeted for, uh, apparently, for the community that you belong to and and the way that you express yourself in the world and express who you are at a core level is is just an, a huge layer of fear. Yeah. Um, I imagine that just gets laid over that. Mm-hmm.
1: So um can I just rant for just a yes. little bit? <laughs> on, on, That's what we're here for. Yes. <laughs> okay, because I saw a little uh meme um a couple days ago, maybe it was yesterday, but it was um the focus on the family sign in Colorado Springs that um some people vandalized and said there's like the big focus on the family, and then okay. it says, um, their blood is on your hands. Five lives taken. And um I was really struck by it, and I I think it's true. I think it's true. I think it's true. And um, and this, you know, and it kind of goes, it kind of goes with guns and God. Like right? guns and God are tied together and um a promotion of hatred towards the LGBT community. And then also, I mean, it goes in, it go, you know, it goes back to um. Basically, all the racial stuff, too. I mean, this white supremacy um, movement, white nationalism, God, um, far right, evangelicalism, it's all tied in. And, you know, it's so easy. I can hear people's voices. Oh, we're not like that. Oh, we're not like that. We just don't agree with it. But we're not like that. But I'm like, you are because that is the direction of what this is what happens when you tie these things together and it's what happens when you basically hold that you have the god trump card and you are people are less than and you give violence in the name of Jesus i know it was it was tied together and when i look at, at the um shooters Instagram I saw that and I know that there's lots of things related to them right now but the truth is is that there is an American flag a bible verse and an image of burning an LGBT flag that's on there so like all of that is together And so, um, and I have not chased it down. That was in the first few days. I haven't chased it down, but my understanding is, is that that was valid. And if I'm wrong in this moment and Snopes gets me, then I'll take it back. But I don't, I don't think so. I think it was real. And um, it just like that encapsulated it all. Bible verse, an American flag and burning the LGBT flag, an
0: image of it. I I've been a Christian long enough um to have watched the evolution of this madness happen. I mean, it's not that uh those things didn't combine in the history of Christianity. I mean, it's it's kind of like the brand in a way. Yeah. I mean, there's a true core of spirituality in all religious expressions and I honor that and I'm going to say that out loud because it was true for me as well, but but um i remember when i started feeling afraid that um the liberals were going to turn us into a country that god was going to have to punish mm. i remember that yeah i was a young, young mom and i you know we just had our first baby and that's kind of when we started listening to focus on the family and there are plenty of other outlets for sure to that, um, but they. I just remember day after day just hearing how um, the liberals are going to take the government's going to take your kids away and the government's going to keep you from praying in your own home and the government. You know, it's like this whole sense of paranoia around persecution of Christians for being Christians and exercising their faith, and I just think it started to be real in the hearts of kind of true believers. And it was true for me too. Oh no, you know, God's going to get mad at us (laughs) or, oh no, the big God, godless government, the principality of Satan uh, was going to end up with us cowering in our basements, holding onto our Bibles and being dragged out and put in prison or killed in the streets because we're practicing Christianity. What a fucking load of bullshit that was yep and so but that's a turning of people like if it happened to me it it could have happened to lots of people and unless you're really paying attention and growing in your actual faith instead of swallowing your pseudo faith then you're going to just be afraid the whole time yeah and the the irony of, of it is that Christianity has been the most protected religion in the history of religion, maybe since, since the advent of Catholicism, you know, and I just am so the irony of that just kills me every time. And I, and so there's that plus the, so the manipulation of people yeah, um, and people's religious sensitivities but also their religious fear that drives them to be super religious anyway mm-hmm. um the manipulation of that by the press and by the nra by all kinds of people you know so you've got those two things that are combined like religious faith and fear that drives that anyway was going to drive it anyway and then the manipulation of that on purpose by people for political and for monetary gain is just unconscionable to me. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and it's so strong. I mean, it's just so strong. And even though the world has changed and obviously I do think some progress has been made, I'm still, I mean, we just had an election. We just had an election and, you know, Lauren Bobart won. won. Oh okay. she's
0: she's been very vocal about about oh, about LGBTQ people being predators and perverts yes. and indoctrinating children and grooming children and this kind of shit is just all over everywhere. Um, and pictures of her family with guns in front of the Christmas tree. Yeah.
1: And so, but she won and I know it was a tight race, but she won again. Yeah, she won again. And, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene won in a landslide. And so I think it's super easy. And I know as a progressive, why I, I, all the stereotypes like going, I understand their, their, um, districts are more red by Mm -hmm. a lot, Okay, so there's a culture in some of these more rural communities in some of these places that that is fostered in such a huge way through all the things that you just said. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But I think what's so hard is like. It's still with everything we know, I guess, with everything we know, with all the changes that have happened, that people really still align with it. And so part of, part of the thing is like, it's such a core violation to every single thing that I believe now. And I do, I do remember I was a focus on the family person years and years, decades ago, and, you know, gave money to the family research council and things that I repent of. And I am so sorry that I got sucked into that culture that sucked me in and I did it. I went, I'm not blaming. I blame myself. I blame myself because, um, I did not come from that. I wasn't raised in that. That wasn't where the kind of family that I was from. And I got sucked in looking for something. And I, I, I gave up a piece of myself for that, but I also had the scales fall off my eyes at A point in time and turned away from it. And I think that um, the reality of, you know, being careful not to other, I know othering is not helpful. And I know that I other conservative, fundamentalist, evangelical Republicans, I know I do. So I confess, I know I do. And I'm and I it's hard because I want to say I'm sorry for it in one level, but there's this other part. I'm just being honest that I'm like, but people are dying, but people are being harmed. Yeah. Children are being rejected by their families. Mm-hmm. Racism is appreciated and elevated. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really hard for me to kind of have any sort of mercy in this direction. I just, I'm kind of at this stage of the game, knowing what we know, that's a little piece too. Um, It's like, gosh, we had a lot has been illuminated. And then, you know, we had Charlottesville not that long ago and not that long ago. And so I think that that's the piece of Kind of the, I don't, I can't even malaise or whatever the feeling is. Yeah, more than malaise, but like you're just like, oh my gosh, we've just we're infected, Mm -hmm. and the antidote feels so clear to me, and yet no one's taking it, or a lot of people aren't taking it.
0: Yeah, it's just so complex. I mean, systemic white supremacy and white and along with that the addendum to that is uh, Christian white supremacy has ruled the country has ruled the country I mean we were we were born from violence that's it the U.S was was born from brutality and violence and um so the whole ruling class, so to speak, the white ruling class has been the guiding factor for several centuries now and i i understand feeling secure in that and feeling satisfied in that and feeling like that's the normal thing that's what systemic white supremacy is about is feeling like your culture is normal and you feel and it's the standard and you feel safe in it Mm -hmm. and so with so many changes like with the the diversity that has mushroomed and some has already always been there but um and then the awareness of like diverse people groups not just racially but sexually um religiously in our country is becoming so much more uh we've we're so much more aware of it and it's growing this fear of oh no the standard is being dissolved. Like the the culture that we feel secure in is being um dismantled in a way. And and so the fear is natural and normal and has always been there. But the fear is the thing that creates the the condition yeah. to be afraid. <laughs> I don't know if you if that makes any sense, but it, it's sort of like I And we can't. So the the rhetoric about guns is if you take away all the guns and you take away people's need to protect themselves. Well, why do they need to protect themselves? Because everybody has the means for violence and we live in this fearful, violent culture so it's a circular argument and it just makes me a little bit crazy because you create the conditions for fear and then you arm yourselves against the fear that you actually created yes by this brutal inheritance that we have and now it's so entrenched in who we are and there's so many fucking guns in this country how can anything be solved how can it so that's my gun rant the other thing I want to bring out is, and I I wanted to look at the, at the facts, if they're out, out there, but I want to know the perpetrators of the demographic of the perpetrators of mass shootings. I want to know who are the shooters and what's their demographic. Mm. You know, are they, are they Muslims? Are they black people? Are they Native Americans or are they white? Are they male? Are they female? Are they transgender? Are they non-binary? We don't know, but I have a feeling that we will find that the majority of mass shooters are white, straight male. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a book, um, that my friend recommended. I think it's called the violence project. I'm almost positive that um, somebody, a researcher did all this research on what are the elements of um, mass shooters. And I do think what you're seeing about the demographics, I mean, are really clear on the mass side. Um, And so this is something, this would maybe be a good conversation. Maybe um, that's a conversation I'd love to, to maybe bring her on to talk with us because she was interviewed as part of this a book and, um, from her experience. And she's a friend of mine that this it touches really close to home in her personal story. And, um, it really caught my eye because there are some things that, um, are common. And I, I think no matter how you slice it up is what you're saying. I was saying this, yeah. like yeah. how many female mass shooters do we know of? It's not that they don't exist. It's right? not that there aren't you know, suicide bombers and some things that are out there, but on the whole, what we've experienced in our country, at least, which has the highest amount of anywhere else
0: in the one entire world. One thing I learned today is that in 2022 alone, there have been over 600 mass shootings. That's more than two a day. That's more than two a day. And and so to qualify as a mass shooting, four people have to die not including the shooter. Yes. And so and almost 40,000 people have died from gun violence. And half of those, a little more than half of those were suicides, the mm. rest were homicides. Mm. 40,000 Americans killed by guns in one way or another. So these are mass quantities of people and 600 mass shootings. Like this is a an atmosphere of terror if we could, you know what i say? saying? Yeah, 600? Over 600, 611. Oh and it's gosh. only, and we have 30 some days left in the year. Yeah. To stack that up. It was worse last year, apparently. Um, but I, I'm i still trying to wrap my head around that. A culture that, that tolerates over 600 mass shootings in less than a year, I can't, I can't believe I belong to this culture. That's, I guess that's hard for me to wrap my head around. So I just wanted to interrupt you with that little statistic to blow your mind and everybody else's. It
1: really does blow my mind. I mean, I would, I'd be hard pressed to feel like 60, you know, 60s a lot. And then you're seeing 611 as of November. I don't even know the date today. Um, right after Thanksgiving, that that's is, the
0: gun violence archive statistics. Okay. So that's not, I mean, that's there. That's what they do, twenty four seven, and say, track gun violence.
1: That in America, is, that is a horrible tragedy and a failure yes. on our culture's part. And that the blaming, they're like, always popping this over to mental illness every time. Like, oh, and lone shooters and, you know, these things that are like, we all participate in this. We all participate. And I, I was thinking about the refuge and, you know, this is what's sad now we've been, we're almost 17 years old. We've done so many liturgies over the years. And those are like moments of blessing and space holding, like for lament and um, action, and to hold hold a space for people to feel some of the feelings when some of these tragedies happen. And I've been put, I've been popping them over to our Google folder. And there's many that I don't have. I mean, technology has changed even in that time. There are probably hard copies floating around, but the the folder is so big of all of these spaces that we held um, and continue to hold. Wow. And I remember. And now you know what we we've shifted some because we can't keep up. Yeah, and we can't keep up, and that's that's sick and sad. We yes. cannot keep up. But I remember going to this thing, and this is what's so hard. I don't even remember which shooting it was, but I know that we. I was part through the multi faith conversation here in um, Boulder. County and it was in it was everywhere. But this is this is a long time ago. So this was before King Super. Like it was, it was a chunk of time ago. And we did this whole thing on um interfaith response to gun violence. And what was so painful about it is that there was all this, it was beautiful. I mean, there were so many things in all these different faith traditions, everyone expressed, you know, these things, but it felt like a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It felt like a vacuum. Like everybody there is in on it. Mm -hmm. And everyone who wants to protect their second amendment rights that are, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, totally misinterpreted and are above people's babies. Um and so I just like yeah that was really disheartening and then I just want to say one more thing I mean when Sandy Hook happened it was like you know what if kindergartners aren't gonna do it nothing is and then we just had Uvalde this summer yeah like and we were Jose and the kids and I were talking we're like oh my gosh like that just happened yeah. and we. I, I know there's a whole community there grieving and like people are feeling it, but so many of us that aren't there, like that feels like five years ago. And it was just a little bit,
0: and those were little kids. Yeah. 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 So I mean, if, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot that can be said, we've talked yeah. a long time, <laughs> uh, but I, I do have to tell this, this story. So I, I want to just make sure that I blame the NRA. Um, and I'll just say that, you know,
1: blame them. That.
0: I'm just blame. <laughs> I blame them. Also. There's so many things that I want to blame, but, but a little, here's a little anecdote for you. So last year around this time, um, my brother-in-law, my husband's brother died of COVID mm. and he belonged to a charismatic anti-vaxing church. And When we went to the funeral, we learned that not only that there was that, the kind of anti-Baxter's, you know, kind of fundamentalist, charismatic, wackadoodle congregation. But he was, um, so my brother-in-law was honored at the funeral for having set up this, this rapid response team. So here's this group, this church of maybe 100, 125 people that met in a storefront. And um, so Daryl's his name, Daryl looked around and said, hey, we need a protection detail. And so, and the pastor said, why don't you, why don't you form it? Uh, so he uh, collected like, seven dudes and trained them in firearms and carrying the firearms. And they all had walkie talkies and they all, and they got, they, what they did was they were on alert every church s- service with their guns, so that if anybody came in, they would they would with a gun that they would take them down with a gun. So that little anecdote just sort oh my of my gosh, sums it all up right there. Yeah, uh, the NRA plus wackadoodle Christianity plus uh, gun addiction plus I don't know what else. Um, yeah.
1: Seven armed people. Yeah. Seven armed people. Like
0: that's their giving back
1: to Jesus in the name yep. of Jesus. I'm I'm ready. I'm yep. armed
0: and ready. Yep, exactly. Uh, As you know, the good guy with the gun. Yeah. Anyway, uh I don't know what else to say, Kathy.
1: Yeah, we're we're <laughs> done. We're done. We're
0: done.
1: <laughs> we did not make anybody feel better and we were no. we didn't try. That wasn't why we um, wanted to talk about this. We wanted to talk about it because we need to keep talking about it. It's real. 611 through Thanksgiving in the United States is something that we really need to let drop in. That is going to make me cry. We need to let that drop in.
0: Yeah.
1: And we need to respect That we are part of a system and a country that basically puts firearms above human life. I'm not talking about basic guns. I'm talking about assault rifles. I'm talking about easy access. I'm talking about like that. this is like above it all. And that also uses the name of Jesus, the, the pacifist of all pacifists, yeah, <laughs> to create violence and um, harm against other people and oppress people. And it's all tied up. And we are part of this dirty, rotten system, whether we agree with it or not, whether we untangled from it or not. We are part of it and um, we have to as humans trying to get healthier, trying to change um, culture, trying to take care of our families, trying to nurture communities of change, whatever it is like we do have to find a way to hold this and um, and honor the toll it's taking, but our responsibility, that we can't just unplug from it all and let it all keep happening. Like we, it's a both and, but we have to take care of ourselves. And this is why soul practice kind of exists is to talk about this because these are things that affect us in the deepest places. And there are things that we can do to um, embody some hope, no matter how little. And this is hope is a dangerous word. I get mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a fan of that possibility that there's some good in the middle of the heart. So that's why we wanted to talk about it. We didn't want the next news cycle to just come by and not honor that so many people are hurting, and especially right now the LGBT community. And, um, and the news cycle isn't going to change the fear that so many people live in. And then also in a Supreme court, that's scary, um, a climate that's scary. There's a lot on the line.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No, just give us something for the soul. (laughs) We need it. Anything. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I (laughs) I was, I don't, you know, the thing is there just isn't a whole lot of, of actual tangible help. And so uh, when it comes to the soul, I think that it's always good to remember that we have access to a a source of calm and a source of capacity for holding some of the hardest things and some of the most beautiful things that our soul is that part of us that is able to hold that in moments and really care and not get dysregulated and to listen for, um, for whatever solutions might be there. So again, it's mostly just sink down into the place where, you know, is there and, and gather solace, hold space and, um, and listen. Mm yeah, so good. So good to remind to remember. And I think, um,
1: I think the part that I'll just say on practice, I don't really have anything very exciting, but um, I think to I think the practice of mourning feels appropriate. and um, that advocating and action matters. but just to like let ourselves feel it and it kind of goes with what you said, our souls can do it. It's got it. And to let that, to let ourselves, um, drop in Mm -hmm. and, um, and feel it. And in all in our own ways, we all mourn and grieve differently. Um, but to maybe make room for it, in whatever way, and if you can't access it really for yourself, maybe for somebody that is close to you that you know is struggling, whatever does it that just helps us um, not skip over lament. Not skip over lament. We can't live in lament all the time. We have to have both, but the art of lament is missing. In some of this, I saw a vigil about this, about Club Q, and it was like a, it was, I'm, maybe it was really good for some people. I only saw part of it, but some of it's like just a political rally kind of. Mm -hmm. And I think those things are helpful, but like, where's the space to just feel it and not get stuck in it, but not be afraid to feel it? And you can feel it and not, and it's okay. Yeah. It needs to move its way through. So, that's all we got. I'm glad that we took time. I hope no one feels worse after listening, <laughs> um, well, but that's okay. Cause our yeah. job is actually not to make you feel better. Our yes. job is to have raw conversations and real practices. And we're all wrestling with this together in our own way. So
0: thanks for, thanks for traveling along with us today.